Welcome to Confessions from a Dental Lab. This show is all about bringing you into the lab, beneath the surface, so you can see things, hear things, and understand things right from the source. Learn from longtime ceramists, dentists, and lab techs, both young and old. Without further ado, let's begin. Welcome back to another episode of Confessions from a Dental Lab, the dental lab podcast for dentists and aspiring dental lab technicians. Anything you want to know about what's inside the lab, about the lab, the past, the future, the present, we have it all right here and we have the inside scoop from experts. My name is KJ Eichstead and I'm joined today by Frank Heiser. Frank, how you doing? I'm doing very well, KJ. Thank you. Yep. For those of you who don't know, Frank has actually been in the dental lab industry for well over 20 years. He's been with Newart for 20 years, Newart Dental Lab, and he's seen quite a bit of things, uh, you know, whether it's the old way dental labs were, uh, new technology that's came onto the scene, and uh, just basically a lot of experienced individuals, tips, techniques, and everything uh, that he's been able to work with. In today's episode, Frank, I want to talk about the future of dental labs, because we talked about your story. We talked about, you know, the story of New Art, a dental lab that started in 1977, kind of saw how that progressed. But let's just say, you know, dentists right now who, who either have maybe like seven years left to go in their career, maybe they have 25 years left to go in their career, maybe they're in dental school right now and they have their entire careers ahead of them. I think this is a really interesting topic that would provide a ton of value to them. And so first question is someone who's kind of, you know, you've been around for a couple decades, but you have a couple decades ahead of you. So you're going to be in this for a while. What's one thing you're excited about as it pertains to the future of dental labs? Yeah, that's a that's a great question. Um, there really is so much to be excited about. And I think, uh, you know, really, this is going to be a broad statement, but what technology has to offer is very excited, exciting to me. It's really, uh, you know, be it in, in ways of being able to produce things uh, very accurately using new technology, different ways of doing things that were very, very labor intensive in the past. Uh, um, or just uh, flat out better materials that are achieving uh, looks that we've never been able to achieve before or were only able to achieve with some very, very labor intensive uh, steps as well. And so that to me is uh, the most exciting thing are just the opportunities that technology is offering to us. Yeah, no, I think a lot of fields are being you know, really seeing what new technology can do, whether it's tech coming into the auto industry, whether it's the smartphones and all these cameras uh, advancing very rapidly, uh, really all across the board, whether it's medicine, but the dental lab industry is no different. And uh, I think that's something really interesting that dentists can get excited about as well. Like from a dentist perspective, I guess, if you could kind of try and put yourself in their shoes and having talked to dentists for a lot of years now, um, you know, if they're kind of more on the younger end or even like the middle point of their career or still have a couple of years left, like what could, what's something from their perspective that they can get excited about in terms of dental labs going forward that maybe a dental lab 20 years ago would face challenges in? Absolutely. Yeah. I think uh, something that uh, a newer uh, dentist or or, or a recent graduate from a, a, you know, a dental program could be very, very excited about 
is uh, the way the world has gotten so much smaller and, and the level of communication that can happen now between a dental laboratory and a dentist, whether locally or, you know, a whole different state or, you know, internationally even. I think that's something that opens up so many possibilities. Uh, you know, the, the level at which you can share, uh, whether it's files, you know, uh, mm. large files, uh, scans, uh, digital information, uh, as simple as, as being able to uh, just share a, a really detailed photo over your phone, it really makes uh, everybody closer than they once were. Uh, just to give you an example, I mean, if we ran into an issue in the past, that would require us to, uh, you know, either ship a case back to a dentist, you know, put it, pack it in a box, mail it back to a dentist. Yeah. Or uh, give it, if you were uh, local enough, uh, to give it to our delivery driver, send it back, let the dentist take a look at that. And uh, uh, we would inevitably be, you know, burning up a lot of time, which sometimes yeah. would impact uh, the patient experience by, you know, cutting into us being able to deliver that case on time. Whereas now, I mean, there's very little that we can't communicate with either photos or scans, uh, you know. Uh, so there's very, very detailed information that can be transmitted instantaneously and then can be communicated about in almost real time. And so I think that's something that just really opens up so many possibilities. Uh, the main issues that we face in a dental lab, uh, you know, in our relationship with our dentists, it's not not really uh, technical, you know, problems. It's really communication problems. Yeah, no, that's something that can be said for any industry. But you you just made me think so many thoughts in that answer. You know, I was looking into the, the three shape E four scanners that we have. Just you know, upgrading from the 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 E threes or or whatever. Yeah. And and just kind of like how they have double the cameras, you know, double the processing power and stuff like that. Like that's a way of communicating. And then also in the ceramics department, how they used to print off photos, right? And now they have like iPad screens that they're able to get more accurate shavings on. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. And that's huge. And and I mean that allows us to receive or if we're taking the photos ourselves to take an unlimited amount of photos. Yeah. Uh, go through and utilize as many or as few of them as we would like. And so the wealth of information that we're able to transmit right now is extremely exciting. You know, follow-up question to that, uh, you, you kind of mentioned like as many photos as necessary and how communication often solves a lot of the problems. Like it's not like we don't have the capabilities to, to not do something at an extremely high level it's oftentimes there might be a little bit of a breakdown in communication and now there's so many ways to circumvent that um how specifically has you know we work with the cloud we store client photos and stuff like that um you know whether it's sending more photos than necessary but ensuring that we get the job done right like in the cloud how specifically have you seen the cloud you know with the capacity of having all those photos and angles and stuff like that just benefit uh, you know, dentist happiness, patient happiness. Can you just speak on that for a sec? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Being able to not only store photos, but just large files even, uh, you know, whether it's, it's storing them, uh, you know, on our server or virtually uh, somewhere in the cloud, 
Um, that's really, really improved uh, patient experience in, in multiple ways. Uh, I mean, it's not uncommon for us to uh, get a call of an issue of something that was fabric fabricated maybe a year ago or, or two years ago. Uh, all of a sudden there's a pressing issue um, and uh, maybe something fractured and, uh, uh, you know, or something, uh, maybe the treatment was delayed and they've been in a temporary for a while, but now we're ready to go forward. Uh, can we retrieve something from the past and either use it as a, a preoperative model? And very often we're able to go back into our archives and, and find uh, data and information that either helps us you know, correct uh, something that maybe wasn't right for a patient or uh, just flat out refabricate something uh, in a pinch. You know, there's, there's a, an issue. Somebody maybe had something only temporarily cemented, swallows it. Yeah. A, and, and then we're able to retrieve those files seamlessly, start producing it, rather than waiting for a new impression or for stuff to be picked up. Yeah. Uh, that's all transferred right away. We're, we just go right back into those files. Uh, pull that up and uh, that's bailed us out uh, of a lot of issues and, and so uh, it's pretty interesting what we're yeah. able to do yeah and even like that that might be um, one of the you know you're talking about like maybe saving time about getting that information back if you don't have it but even like saving a, a phone call right like even if it's like a 10 minute phone call that is now not necessary because we have those images and, and those things in the cloud that we can then just go back and access uh, that's really interesting, you know, because yeah. the cloud's another one of those things that impacts a lot of industries. And I think it's cool for, uh, you know, other dental lab techs, other dental labs, other dentists to kind of hear how we're utilizing it over here and how they might be able to utilize it for themselves. So, so this is a little bit of a different question, but we want to cover the whole spectrum. So, you know, we talked about being excited for the future. Every industry has challenges. You know, every industry has growing pains. Every... Uh, a lot of things in life, you know, come with challenges and that's just natural. And there's, you know, we definitely overcome them. But like, what's one challenge you anticipate uh, just speaking about the future of dental labs? Sure. Yeah, I think uh, the biggest challenge for the future of dental, uh, the dental lab in general, is the lack of, of good training and, mm. and training facilities, uh, you know, to, to train you know, the next generation of technicians. And so to do so in a formal setting, I, I think there, there's very few in the country uh, as we speak, uh, especially compared to years ago. And, uh, you know, a lot of people are really just getting training on the job. Mm. And so that's not always a terrible thing. That that was my background as, as well. But that is a challenge and it is a barrier to uh, being able to, you know, come into a laboratory and understand everything that's going on and, and what the end game uh, should be and what a dentist needs from us. Yeah. And so I think that issue is only going to increase, uh, you know, as, as uh, technology takes over more and more, I think it does allow uh, people with less experience to produce more complicated things yeah. more easily. But that fundamental training still needs to be there. I mean, things still need to have proper occlusion proper form, proper contour, proper fit, all those things that, uh, you know, were relevant uh, 20, 40, uh, you know, 50 years ago are still relevant today. And that all needs to be uh, taught and learned. And so right now, uh, because there are so few training programs, that responsibility of, of, of 
training the next generation of technicians has uh, fallen on the shoulders of, of many of today's dental laboratories. Yeah, and so it is a, a significant challenge and it will be for some time to come. So, you know, that's something that you're making me think of other fields as well, which is fascinating because, you know, you're thinking about like the trades in general. Maybe it's like this is kind of like one of those unique fields where it's like it is kind of like a skilled trade. It is a little bit of an art. You know, if you think about uh, the trades in schools, like, you know, they still are places you can learn them, but maybe not as broadly offered as they used to be. And even like arts in schools as well, you can still learn that. But oftentimes, you know, unfortunately, for better, or for worse, sometimes those programs are the first ones to get cut. And so so that's like very, very, very fascinating to hear about uh, just the way that might impact, um, you know, not only like a lot of other fields, but the dental lab field. And so like, what is a potential solution, do you think? Is it just kind of like maybe capturing a very, very, very talented ceramist, for example, or a very, very, very talented technician and kind of like trying to to maybe batch out some training materials from them because a lot of people learn through YouTube these days, stuff like that? Or in your own words, I guess, like, how would you go about, you know, bridging that gap? Yeah, definitely. Um, the wealth of knowledge that's out there, you brought up YouTube. Uh, I mean, there's so much that can be learned. You could literally learn how to do almost anything on there. And, and uh, that, that applies to every field, but it certainly applies to the dental lab field as well. There's a wealth of information there. Um, but I really do feel, uh, you know, as far as our solution and, and what it's been and, and what it's going to continue to be, um, is really uh, pairing inexperienced technicians, uh, you know, with a very experienced technician and, and me- basically mentoring. Like it's an uh, apprenticeship. Yep, it's an yeah. apprenticeship. That's yeah. what it is. Um, and so uh, that's, uh, it, it feels good from the, uh, you know, the person doing the mentoring because you really do get to share and pass on uh, a lot of the knowledge that actually was passed on to you likely by by other people who mentored you and so you get to return the favor um but uh i think that's going to be uh, a, a key thing i mean it has to be shared by technicians with experience uh, and certainly uh from dentists with experience as well i mean we certainly learn a lot from the dentists and what they're looking for um and uh you know certainly uh you know a lot of dentists are are wanting to see the you know those fundamental skills and so we constantly by working with good dentists talented dentists dentists who know what they're looking for and want uh we're ultimately making ourselves better by fulfilling that demand yeah and it's like it's certainly not anything that can't be overcome you know uh, that's like i think the main takeaway here is like every industry has challenges and and especially those industries where like there's like a craft involved much like recreating a tooth or you know a whole smile and making it look natural so it was really interesting to hear um going back to to a dentist perspective on this like once again you know absolutely able to overcome these challenges but like what what do you think is maybe one challenge they might experience in the future in, in working with a dental lab and like what advice would you give them i know for me i'll maybe say what i'm thinking and then you can either build on it or go go to a different topic but uh you know the younger um up-and-coming dentists uh just and in, in not necessarily making as many phone calls as maybe like an experienced one and more so choosing to to text and email and stuff like that uh, but it's like, you know, just kind of adapting to communication, something that can be overcome. And there's so many different methods of communication where it's not like 
this can't be something that's solved, but I would say like, you know, just being willing to over communicate with your dental lab rather than under communicate. But, but in Frank Kaiser's own words, like how would you describe that? Maybe like a challenge from a dentist's perspective as we progress towards the future and then any advice you would give them to overcoming it and just kind of maximizing that dental lab relationship. Yeah, absolutely. I think, I mean, let's just face it. If you choose the dental field, you're typically a very, very busy person, you know? So a a dental, a dentist is going to be extremely busy. Oftentimes you may be running a business, you may be leading a team, but you're also, you know, the technical resource for your whole office. Uh, and, And on top of that, you know, having to, you know, quarterback a, a late a case that's going to a laboratory, um, you know, there's not a lot of time left. And no. so um, I, I definitely understand how communication sometimes suffers. Uh, but yeah, definitely, uh, you know, making yourself available without, you know, sacrificing too much of your personal time or having to intrude into, you know, uh, basically the time that you need to recover as a dentist uh, to be there again, fresh the next day for your patients and for your staff. Um, but utilizing uh, all those forms of communication that you mentioned, uh, be it uh, text, be it, uh, you know, we get messages from, in, you know, via Instagram, mm-hmm. uh, email, whatever is, is um, easiest. And certainly there's a lot of people who only feel comfortable picking up the phone and calling. And uh, we try our best to uh, uh, be available uh, for that. Uh, you know, uh, we, we have a, a pretty good team of people here at the lab that, that carry around cell phones that, you know, we give our dentists access to just access. Yep. yep. Just, just, uh, you know, so that they can call, uh, you know, whenever there's a break in the action, because I know how dental offices are, um, boy, they can be some very, very, uh, high paced, uh, you know, uh, situations. And, and so sometimes it's just uh, catching that one or two minutes in between patients to be able to shoot off a photo, approve a design, whatever it may be, but, yeah. uh, uh, but making yourself available in those, those manners that really speed up that communication. And, uh, it, you know, sometimes, sometimes stopping in into the laboratory is yeah. the best way to go over a, a long case. It might save you from having to write a four page prescription, you know, yeah. and, and, and what can take place in like a 10 minute conversation and, yeah. and cover all, all the concerns. And, and then even knowing, uh, it, you know, that, the technician you're speaking to understands, you know, is able to ask questions or things that maybe don't make sense, offer, you know, input as well. Uh, we definitely always encourage that. Um, so whatever means of communication uh, fits into your schedule, certainly that's prohibitive, you know, stopping in the laboratory is prohibitive for people, you know, outside a, a certain radius. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're more than happy to jump on uh, FaceTime yeah, call or say, a Zoom meeting, whatever it yeah. may be, uh, to be able to uh, make things better. Yeah. Wow. I know one thing we like, even you mentioned like that one to two minute gap, potentially in the dentist's office where you have a couple of minutes, you can just quick knock something out or, or let's say it's even like a five minute little chunk of time. I know one thing that we've, we've done recently is like instead of having them, you know, run through the front office, we've actually got these uh, heads of departments that we can, you know, dentists can even like bypassing some hold times, just doing, you know, that's not like a guarantee. Like sometimes someone might have to go and grab someone to, to make sure they're on the phone, but like even just like whatever we can do in that regard to like bypass uh, and save, you know, make a, make a five minute call, three minute call, something like that. And then reduce some of that phone time. I think that's, 
key too for like a good dental lab is just even removing friction in the communication regard um so kind of transitioning a little bit we did touch on the technology that's going to be a, a probably a bigger portion of this whole topic in terms of the future of dental dental labs we touched on excitement we touched on challenges uh both from the lab and a dentist perspective um and i want i want to have you maybe expand on some of that uh whereas how technology which is going to be a part of the solution how technology is going to basically just help dental labs going forward and and you know maybe one thing you already mentioned is the accuracy of scanners like the the screens being able to be better in our ceramic departments and stuff like that and um could you just kind of speak for maybe a general sense for a little bit and then maybe go into a few specific examples of what you're seeing sure yeah definitely um yeah, technology in gen- in general, I-, I think is is a partial solution. I think like anything, it it's a tool, yep. and and uh, there's an ability to use that tool in an accurate manner, and there's a way to introduce inaccuracies, you know, as well. And so there is always that potential for user error. In, in the past, when we were taking a conventional impression, you know, the timing's not right, whatever it may be. Um, and, and there's going to be inaccuracies in that. And so the same does apply uh, to, you know, some of the newer technology. And so I don't think it's it's like a 100% solution. I think it, it's a solution in the hands of a highly trained operator. And, the and, people. Yep, yeah, exactly. Back so people. so it, it's super important. The people are always going to be, uh, you know, driving the quality behind that technology, whether it's on, on the dentist's office end or uh, in the dental laboratory. And so uh, we really do need those experienced uh, technicians and experienced dentists uh, to be able to successfully uh, pull off you know, a lot of these complicated and, and even simple cases. Yeah. Uh, so to be able to do that in a predictable manner um, really just uh, uh, takes a lot of uh, continuing education, really us uh, you know, keeping up with the latest technology. And so, as as a broad statement, it's difficult to say like technology on its own is the solution. Absolutely, yeah. Like but paired with you know that good education and the good operator, um, it, it definitely is is a very very exciting tool that's just going to open up uh, so many possibilities. Uh, and, and to be able to see a scan on a screen at the size, uh, you know, like be Huge able to see screen. your preparation, yeah. uh, look at the margins, uh, you know, kind of troubleshoot things be able to see the bite and, and all that um, really just I, I, it kind of exposes a lot of even on the lab end you know uh, a lot of uh, you know minute issues that we can we have then the opportunity to shore up if yeah. we choose to um, so yeah I guess I, I don't know if that answers your question I think so I think I have a follow-up uh, real quick though I yeah. just want to add that Connor one of our very talented digital people I've asked him what his favorite part or what he thinks is like the best part about the digital program. So kind of speaking about some of those scans and he said the undo button. Oh shit. It's almost like how, uh, how you might click like control Z if you're designing something on the computer or editing a video or something, or, or just even like writing something like undo button is, is critical in the scanning and the, the digital design portion as well. But but my, my follow-up question, Frank, is you went to the midwinter conferences 
and you checked out a lot of the technology and could you just talk about some of the, the stuff you saw there? Sure, absolutely. I think a, a hot topic is the ability to 3D print uh, zirconia. Currently, mm. zirconia is uh, only derived from subtractive manufacturing, so it's, it's got to be milled uh, from a, a big puck, whereas this would be additive, and so there's a lot less waste potentially. Yeah. Um, and, and so that's something that's, uh, you know, far along in development, hard to say, you know, whether that's going to take or how long that's going to take to adopt and whether it's going to be a, a really good viable option. But that was one of the uh, kind of one of the things I heard a lot of people talking about. Everybody's very excited about that potential. And so um, certainly, uh, you know, the ability to, um, you know, laser center metal which we've had that capability for some time uh it's only getting better and better and to be able to come up with uh, some pretty complex uh forms uh you know and contrasting that to process to some of the labor intensive uh processes that that we've used in the past uh, uh to create some metal frameworks is very exciting um and you know really just the variety of materials that we are now able to 3D print is extremely, extremely exciting. And, and uh, that's uh, giving us the ability to come up with rapid prototypes yeah. for, for uh, you know, some of the dental restorations, especially in complicated cases, uh, larger, whether it be a digital denture, we're able to create a prototype uh, in, in a, a relatively quick manner um, that allows us to verify, you know, certain key things that we could do, you know, the clinician can then do uh, very efficiently. And then it's a matter of us just going in and altering, you know, files and, and really honing in on some of the aesthetic things. Uh, so the rapid prototyping capability that, that technology is offering to us right now, yeah. I think it's only going to increase in time. Yeah. And that really what that does going back to the communication thing it gives us the opportunity to communicate better about what that end product could look like hmm. uh, because we're going forward with a lot more confidence by verifying things with a, a prototype whether it's a, a, a temporary milled out of PMMA or uh, something uh, you know 3d printed uh, for uh, you know a denture you know a, a try-in for a denture whatever it may be the dentist is then able to try that in communicate with the patient communicate with us and uh, uh, we're able to make that final that much better uh, whereas in the past that was always a very labor-intensive uh, yeah. stage and so it was cost prohibitive at that point to huh. even go through that trouble that a lot of times we weren't even doing that stage Man, okay. Uh, that, that actually led me to another question. And you don't have to spend a ton of time on this, but I think it would be very interesting. You know, there's the big technology things like the scanners, the mills, the 3D printers. And that was really interesting, by the way, because 3D printing is one of those things that's it's impacting a ton of industries. And I think it's very fascinating to hear about how it's also impacting the dental lab field and how dentists can benefit from that and, and, and such. Uh, but there's also, you know, if, if people come in the lab, if dentists want to come in the lab and just check it out, see behind the scenes, there's also a ton of handheld tools, like the smaller tools. And I guess, could you spend maybe a minute or two talking about how you've seen just like these handheld tools evolve and, and like, you know, modern technology has helped those get even better as well as, as like 
you know, those really are a big portion in the uh, the artistic side of the the dental art that is, you know, dental lab technicians and, and dental lab technology and producing these things that go in the patient's mouth. Yep. No, that's a, that's a great question. And uh, regardless of how things are made uh, and how much technology was utilized to create either the final product or the prototype, it's still up to the technician, their hands, and, and their ability to manipulate those materials to really come up with something that ends up looking natural mm-hmm. and, and, and special and more like what we were accustomed to making in the past. And, and so technology will get you up to a certain point. I think as time goes on, it, it'll get you even closer and closer. Mm-hmm. It'll inch towards that. But um, the current state of things is, is we do require that marriage between the artistry yeah. and uh, you know, kind of that mass production through technology. And so when you're able to put those two components together, then I think you really have something special. Yeah. Uh, you know, one without the other, uh, it, it work? doesn't work. It doesn't yeah. work in today's industry. And so, um, so it, it, it's really interesting. I think that's only going to increase, even though I think as, as we're able to mill, you know, more details, print in more detail, um, that that's going to get us even closer to what we once, were, you know, relied only on our hands for. Uh, I don't think that's ever really gonna 100% go away. Yeah, that is fascinating. Uh, any final thoughts, I guess, just on the future of dental labs? Like, you know, it's very exciting because um, it is like just blending very, very, very experienced tradesmen and individuals and skilled dental lab technicians with rapidly advancing technology and to kind of have a lab at the forefront of implementing that technology is just a very exciting thing for both those working in the labs but also the dentists that choose to work with those labs and want to grow their practices i guess just like any final thoughts on the subject this has been a great episode yeah really uh just that it's a fascinating field and and i feel like if i took the first 10 years that i was in it I, i feel like things evolved uh you know just kind of at a snail pace okay and then that the last 10 years it's been a full-on sprint yeah it's just like a cheetah sprinting yeah and i think that that's only going to increase because the need is just so great for these materials to keep up with uh you know the the demands that our our patients have i mean let's face it we're we're all here for our the patients yes And, and to be able to give them quality restorations uh in a timely manner um, you know, that, that demand's never going to go away, uh, at least not in the near future. Um, and, and certainly, uh, you know, I think the way technology, it, you know, serves us to be able to fulfill that need and, and uh, gives an experienced technician the ability to influence even more cases than ever before, more favorable outcomes, mm-hmm. affect, uh, you know, more patients, more dentists, uh, the bandwidth that we have now compared to what we had uh, 10, 15 years ago has increased tremendously. And so that's, that's something that could not have been accomplished without technology. And so I think that's the same on the dentist end, you know, the more patients that you're able uh, to see and treat comprehensively and, and do so feeling very good about the quality and the outcome. Uh, I mean, we're all uh, benefiting from this and, and you pair that with great communication. 
I think we've got a very exciting future ahead of us. Yeah, you know, you're making me think of just how even if you compare the dental lab field to something that has also advanced very rapidly, like cars, right? You know, now there's Bluetooth, there's you know backup cameras, there's all sorts of stuff like heated seats and, and just all sorts of tech that's in cars. But there's only so much of the population that even owns a car. Like it's a huge portion of the population, but not everyone needs a car. They might live in the city. They might just, you know, live in an area where they they would rather take you know public transportation or maybe they want to walk more uh maybe they're young young where they don't need to necessarily drive but every single person has you know a smile and and teeth and stuff like that so it's like the the total addressable market for dentists is a ton of opportunity and uh as technology helps labs as well like you know, they might have bigger and bigger uh, capacities as, as technology evolves and we head into the future. And, and uh, it's important for the labs to keep up as well. Absolutely. I, I agree 100%. Uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, teeth and a smile are so critical to everybody's health. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, again, and happiness that's, too. Yeah, and yeah. happiness, uh, all that stuff. And so we're here to support that. Uh, I think we're going to be here for a very long time uh, supporting that. And, and I can't wait for what the future is going to bring. Yeah, thank, Frank, thank you so much for joining us again. Uh, everybody, thank you so much for listening, whether you're a dentist out there who's been in the field for a long time, you know, you're in the middle of your career, you're, you're, you're in dental school right now, or you want to be a dentist when you grow up, you know, whether you're a dental lab tech and you're just looking to learn more, whether you, you have a lab yourself or are looking to own a lab someday, uh, you know, we just really want to provide a ton of value. And, and Frank, I, I really think a lot of people got a lot of value out of this episode. So thank you again. We look forward to talking with everybody soon. Thanks, KJ. Take care, everyone. Thank you for listening to this episode of Confessions from a Dental Lab. If you'd like to contact the show, simply send us an email at dentallabpodcast at gmail.com. You can also get in touch with us at life at newartdental on Instagram. Thank you for listening once again. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Spotify. Make sure to subscribe and tell a friend. And until next time, we're out.